Hey friends, this is Musing Methodist, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. And if you've been with us before, you know that we've mildly changed our name. We've made a slight adjustment. We have. And today, well, we're talking about <laughs> a quarterback's donations, Romans 13, and a Christian view on submitting to governing authorities. There's a lot in there. And and whatnot. My name is John Duff. I'm the assistant pastor here at Centenary United Methodist, and I am Chris Morgan. I am the senior pastor here at Centenary United Methodist in Danville, Kentucky. Yep. And we did slightly change our name. So what brought that about? We couldn't decide whether there was an apostrophe in our name or not. So Methodists musing became musing Methodists. Yeah, because we didn't know whether the Methodists had an apostrophe after it or not. John argued that it did. I argued that it didn't. It was a noun, um, and so, but it was a possessive noun. Yeah, the I musing are possessive. the Methodists, but we are now adjective musing is an adjective Methodists noun. We are the Methodists, and we're musing, and we're musing, and sometimes we might be amusing, but. That's not necessarily Hopefully part of the time we are amusing, um, even though that's not the primary goal. Oh, it's part of the goal, I think. But um, so anyways, we like to start our podcast with just saying how are things going? How have our weeks been and how are our hard holidays? It's been a while since we've been on. There's been a lot going on in the world and a lot going on in <laughs> Kathy says just a little bit. <laughs> a lot going on um, just around and in Danville. So we had to cancel our Christmas Eve service, which was going to be outside, which was sad. We had planned. We had planned for cold. It was going to be great. For not rain, for rain, even for snow. We were fine with snow. So memorable. But unfortunately, we didn't get rain or snow. Kathy was going to stand up on the roof and be the angel. <laughs> she was going to take pictures of all of our cars. We were handy. We had bags of candles ready to hand out with it was gonna be communion elements. Very, very cool. It's going to be awesome. But, but suddenly all of our surfaces became ice skating rinks yes. that we had planned to use. And, so. and really the stage was cement. And that would that was already really bad. Worse than the... <laughs> Uh, like blacktop and so we canceled but anyways how are we doing this week kathy how are you doing th this i'm week? actually okay i'm a little a little disappointed this week normally um i would be in florida this week at the children's pastors conference oh yeah and so not able to do that this week this is a great experience uh, it's a place to get me revitalized and ready for the year mm -hmm. but luckily they're doing it online so in between um sessions today i'm actually watching it online in my office cool so i still get the experience without yeah i do have to admit i would rather be in florida right now <laughs> oh yeah well in in person for a comp one of my people yeah. are doing a conference online and i'm just like i don't know if i really want to do that it's not bad it's actually been really really good I that's cool surprised. that's neat well maybe you'll convince me to do it Hello, Chris would convince me, would argue me not to do it, but that's for other reasons. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, and your daughter turned 15 last week, My is that right? 15, that's so, cool. Yeah, I have a 15 year old who has already reminded me that in one more year I'm going to be driving. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. That's scary. That's cool. Yeah. So. And in the meantime, since we have seen each other last, I've gotten really old. Oh. And I've become 
Your really? grandfather. Oh yes, yeah. you have Grandpa. become that. That we, we have been talking about this, and this really blows my mind that Chris is a grandfather, because he's not that old. No, but he's younger than me. Yeah. I have a 15-year-old. Yeah. But I have a beautiful little granddaughter that I have gotten to see for several hours. And hopefully in the next six or seven days, I'll be able to drive down and see again. And Melinda was able to spend the whole week last week down there? The whole week last week. That's awesome. Melinda was was able to be there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Anything else going on in your life? Oh, lots of stuff going on in life. But uh, it's good. That's good. Cool. I'm happy for a new year. I'm happy that uh, we've got vaccinations that are going to start, and I am ready to show my arm. Yeah, and, you. for sure. Uh, hopefully that'll be soon. Yeah, so in my life, just the normal, except I'm making a coffee table, which I'm excited about, and that's taking up a lot of my free time, which is okay, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, so and it allows me time to think and ponder and be manly making woodworking things so i like that anyways so that's how our weeks have been it's uh it's good to be back on the podcast i'm excited about this and uh okay so the best we're gonna mix switch around a little bit but one of the coolest pieces of news today is our this year this 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 day. day in history this day in history we have a special announcement. I'm so excited. On 2021. I can't wait. Tut's Restaurant in Danville, Kentucky is reopening today. They're actually open right now. They're doing curbside. They've been shut down all through the pandemic, basically. But I had to find a way to make Turkish coffee for myself. Yeah. Because Tut's Restaurant closed. Um, We're big fans. And... If you're big fans and you're thankful that it's back open, you can say thank you, John, because John preached on it and <laughs> used his, his little bit of influence in the pulpit to try to get Tuts open again. And Tuts came back open, and you can say thank you, John. So so we can give you credit. So should oh, I assume that after we finish with this, you're both going to disappear? Yeah, after, Absolutely. after this, we're, we're going to Actually, order from Tuts. we should probably order right now because it's going to be a wait. <laughs> So you want to go? No, there were like three hundred people that that liked the the announcement that they were opening. There so. probably will be, but he's open until three. So yeah, we'll just call and we'll be fine if it's a half hour wait or whatnot. But anyway, so Tuts is open. But anyways, uh, I want to move on to our good news segment. Oh, I like to give us good news segments because that encourages us in the middle of the pandemic. Because and you know everything else that's going on. Um, in the world right now <laughs> um, but I want to be happy and somewhat in the NFL playoffs is going on right now and I'm actually kind of a Green Bay fan my family's been Green Bay fans for forever I was actually also very happy that the Browns won and the Bills won because they haven't won for a while I love when teams that haven't won for a long time get a win so they got a win in the playoffs the Bills and the Browns so that was exciting but the story from today is about the quarterback of Green Bay Aaron Rodgers who's probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, he hasn't won six whatever like Tom Brady, but he's an incredibly talented and skilled quarterback. But we're not talking about that. But today, there's a new story that quarterback Aaron Rodgers pledges 500000 to help small businesses. And I thought this was a really nice story. Uh, it's uh, He's throwing... He, he's giving... Well, the... the um, 
article says throwing 500,000 because he's a quarterback. So he's, he's starting to Barstool Fund, a nonprofit organization helping small businesses struggling in the p- pandemic. And so the the guy, they hosted like an Instagram live and he said um, that he's been following this nonprofit and he wanted to get involved and give money. And so he, he gave them $500,000. And I think this is really cool because uh, Rogers uh, says he hopes his donation encourages teammates, coaches in the NFL and his sponsors to give as well. Cause for, for some, this has been a really, really tough time economically, this pandemic. And it's cool to see, um, someone who has a lot of money uh, giving some. And so he continues, he says, this is about people, about our people who are the backbone of our culture, he said, and it's people from all different walks of life and all different types of restaurants and businesses, and we need those things. That is what makes this country great. The the restaurants like Tuts makes this country great. <laughs> it's those people and that diversity. Sorry, I'm just joking, kind of. But um, but anyways, we can't wait. I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was a a great story. And I know I'm okay for Aaron Rodgers five hundred thousand. Probably honestly is not a huge amount of money. But it's some. Um, I mean, it's something. But for it's, him. it's something. And I'm not saying he's you know like yeah Jesus. But but we appreciate like someone who when when you have money the the willingness to share and to give to others um and and our small businesses have been decimated yeah. over the course of the last 10 months it's just been very sad to see businesses go out of business and and uh, business people be hurt by that so this yeah. is a this is a good story and it's a good uh you know a celebrity to to follow and uh to say oh i can be like aaron Rodgers and give some money too. Maybe I don't have five hundred thousand dollars to give away, but I maybe can assure I have you, I don't have five thousand. Five hundred, where I could give to either something like that or to a person I know who is in need. Um, so or just a cause that you really uh, care about. So uh, that's really exciting. Back to the this day in history. We got a couple more cool things of the this this day in history. The good news segment was Aaron Rodgers. This day in history in nineteen fifty. January 12th, U.S. Congress establishes Rocky Mountain National Park, which I think is really cool. Have you ever been? I have been. I'm jealous. I didn't get to stay very long because my family had been, and I think I was taking a class, and so I had to fly in late, and they really explored Rocky Mountain Park before I was there, and then we moved on to, like, you know, other cool things. But um, I have been. I didn't do a lot there. But but um, but I like the national parks, and I like Rocky National Mountain National Park. So that's very cool. And then last thing for this day in history, 2010, January 12th was the earthquake in Haiti. So that was a that was a huge deal. The big one. Several I mean, hundred thousand people were killed. We'll never really know a full number of that. But uh, people I know were affected very directly as a result of that. And And it was, yeah. And it's interesting because Haiti has always been a poor country like the poorest, but the earthquake really gave it publicity for that in, in a lot of different ways. And uh, some of the ways people tried to help were good and some of the ways they tried to help was not good. And so it's just been interesting to see what's happened after that, right? Right. So do you have any more thoughts on that? That's just a chilling thing. Uh, there's a, you fly into the airport there in Port-au-Prince and drive to the north northwest uh mm-hmm. there is a mass grave that you pass 
that has in the neighborhood, it's one of several mass graves, but in the neighborhood of 200,000 people uh, yeah. that are buried there, that um, it, it's almost mind boggling to think of the suffering and the, the, the pain that uh, people endured and entire families were wiped out. People who are not, you know, people who are not being missed because everyone who would have missed them yeah. died as well. Yeah. Gosh, that's rough. Earthquake. So it was a profoundly sad, yeah, uh, momentous day. Yeah. Natural disasters are, are rough. So that's a very kind of sad note, but we're moving on to our main topic today, which is Romans 13 and what Paul says about submitting to governing authorities. So we're going to, we're going to read the passage here in a second. But I wanted to ask first, like, why are we talking about this now? It's kind of a contentious time in definitely American politics and the world in general. Why should we talk about what Paul says about submitting to governing authorities now? And also, I just want to say, Chris and I don't have any agenda in this either. Just want to put that up front. Besides following Christ, that is our agenda. That is our agenda for this church. Uh, following Christ, becoming like him and doing the things he's calling us to do. And so, and it's really, it's interesting to me because I've been a pastor long enough now and, and people have always been political mm-hmm. and people are getting a little more political and, and even hyper political, maybe in a way yeah. that they weren't uh, 15 or 20 years ago. But it's intriguing to me that whatever party is in power wants to point to Romans 13 to tell other people, well, you should just submit to to my party. Mm -hmm. And then when the party changes and the other party is in power, then um, remember what you said is what is is (laughs) what other people. And and so there is this reading of of Romans 13 um, that that people want to read in a 21st century or a 20th century way. Uh, to speak directly to the politics of our day mm-hmm. um, that I think is an incomplete reading yeah. of of Romans chapter 13. And so right now it's really interesting to talk about it because we are in a, we are switching from a uh, Republican president to a Democratic president and that change of power from party, it's interesting because of that switch. Um, it is, and, and so we want to be thoughtful in the way we read Romans 13 and the way we then apply it to our situations and whatnot. So um, there's lots of dislike and hate towards each side, and we want to bring about kindness and gentleness and respect, especially respect, you know. Hate um, is not a fruit of the Spirit. Nope. <laughs> we should not be having that much anger toward um, someone of a different party. But um, so do you want to go ahead and read maybe Romans 13 or does yeah. that make sense to, to work through it that way? Yeah, this is Romans 13, uh, 1 through 7. seven yeah. And so um, this is the New Revised Standard Version. It, it's not that much different in other versions. Mm-hmm. Um, I have NIV, so if I reference it, I might be a little different. Sorry. Okay. But so here know. we go. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed, 
and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Mm -hmm. Do you wish to have no fear of the authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive its approval. For it is God's servant for your good. But if you do what is wrong, you should be afraid. Mm -hmm. For the authority does not bear the sword in vain. It is the servant of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. For the same reason, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants, busy with this very thing. Pay to all what is due them. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenue is due. Respect to whom respect is due. Honor to whom honor is due. So that's Romans 13, 1 through 7. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So I'll, um, I want to ask you a couple questions about it and then we can continue pondering. So the, the first thing that I noticed at the very beginning, what Paul suggests is that the authorities are there and they're not going to be there except for that which God has established is, is kind of the language he uses. So what does that mean? Because it sounds like you could interpret that of God put these people in power and not other people. And, and, and how, do, how do we think about that as government? Is, is God like, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I think that, that to begin with, we have to understand that Paul is writing. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Talk about the context. Paul is writing somewhere between 54 and 58 AD, mm -hmm. so the beginning of the reign of the Emperor Nero, um, and, and he was pretty well behaved at the beginning of his reign, uh, to, to about four years later. Paul is writing to a specific group of people in Rome at a specific time and encouraging them to engage with the government in, in very specific ways. Um, yeah. You know, be good citizens, he's, he's saying to them. Now, there are some principles that we can take away from this mm -hmm. that uh, that should apply at all times and in all places. Um, but I think it's fair to say that, that we know that not all authority is going to be godly authority. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so it's helpful to, to distinguish between yeah. general teaching of Romans um, without applying Paul's specific advice to specific people in 54 to 58 um, yeah. to, to every kind of government. And it's also interesting to remember that Paul many times was in jail. He was thrown in jail many mm -hmm. times. And so he clearly just didn't do, he's not just saying, I'll just like do whatever the authority tell you to do because he went to jail multiple times, you know, he wasn't let people walk all over him. But when he talks about like God establishing the authorities, I think a lot of that, means like God has providence. He's over all things. Um, I don't think God necessarily um, anoints or says, this is like my chosen per Like that's not what he's saying. This, he's not saying this is my chosen ruler or whatnot, but God has providence and he pulls the strings of, of nations. And he is, does that make sense? It, it makes sense. And, and there are really three different kinds of interpretations that people have brought to this text. Mm -hmm. um, the first is, all right, God has put these people in power and you should be 
abjectly subservient to these particular people. And if you're not, then you are transgressing the will of God. Yeah. So, so the the first kind of interpretation would be absolute subservience. Do what the government says, period, and don't complain. Yeah. Um, there's this there's this second kind of interpretation that sees an almost godlike quality to rulers, and we have to remember that you know that's <laughs> that that in Paul's time, yeah. Um, there the the emperors claimed divine status for themselves. Yep. Absolutely, you know, the the divine Caesar, um, and and so some people have have brought to bear an almost godlike uh, quality to to the interpretation of this. Mm-hmm. You know, God's put this person in place, and to oppose any ruler is to oppose God. Yeah. And then there's this third um, interpretation, which is submit to rulers, um, but not in an uncritical way. Yeah, I like that. Submit to rulers with this critical eye toward advancing the flourishing of human beings toward advancing justice and advancing righteousness. Um, Submit to rulers, but with this critical eye toward allowing human beings to become everything that God has intended human beings to become. Yeah. So, so those are the three different kind of types of interpretation. So, so I give a small kind of like idea of where this might like think of uh, America pre-civil war. Um, and we say submit to authorities. Well, there were rules that said, you know, uh, slave owners could get their slaves back if they escaped. But there were also some, uh, a lot of Christians who helped slaves escape and get to freedom. And so that is absolutely going against the rule of the nation of the law. Uh, but it's because they had this critical eye towards, like, this is not okay. And, and God is not okay with this. And so they did break the law with that. So that's which, one case study, maybe. Which is one of the principles that has sort of come down to us over the years is that Christians are to obey the law. Mm. Yeah. Unless they are to disobey the law. Yep. And Christians are responsible for disobeying when called upon to do something that is absolutely contrary to the command of God. Yeah. Uh, so if you're called to do something that is absolutely contrary to the command of God, um, then then Christians have, uh, throughout the centuries, kind of come to the conclusion that those are not laws yeah. one should one should keep but otherwise you know be a good citizen and that and, and that's with an eye towards like god is obviously what well, this may be obvious but it's not obvious ever god is above our human rulers and he, our human rulers and human authorities will fall rome fell you know all great civilizations will fall have fallen things move and change but god's rules are always god's rule and they will be there um, and so we are, yeah, one of the neat things of what Paul does here in, in Romans 13 is he reminds his readers like where authority comes from. Mm-hmm. So the Roman emperor may think his authority comes from being divine. All the people that he appoints may think that their authority comes because he appointed them. But Paul is ultimately saying um, the institution of authority, the fact that some people uh, have a role in yeah. keeping society working. Uh, this 
this is something that God has placed in the world. And so therefore, rulers, whether they know it or not, are subject to God. And, yeah. and rulers, whether they acknowledge it or not, are accountable to God for yeah. what they do. And, you know, we see this in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus is standing before Pilate. And uh, Pilate says, do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? And Jesus says, you would have no power over me unless it was given to you from above. Yep. And therefore, the one who handed me over to you is, is guilty of a greater sin. And so there's this idea that authority, the, the structure of government, Augustine, for example, yep. um, says that essentially all governments can become bad governments. And yeah, to a degree, yeah. all governments are bad governments. But because a bad government they're run by people. <laughs> yeah. But a bad government is better than no government at all. Yeah. Because um, there there's this anarchy um, that keeps human flourishing from happening. Yeah. Uh, that that keeps mothers and children and fathers and and grandfathers from from being able to live the kind of life that that causes human beings to uh, to be all that God made them to be. Absolutely. And you mentioned in the New Testament passage where Jesus talks to Pilate. Like, I think of the Old Testament in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, this great king who who was extremely powerful, the most powerful man in the world probably at that time, although I'm not a history buff. But um, And God sends him this dream, and he's like, basically, God's in control. And, and, and then eventually Nebuchadnezzar, you know... Uh, gets in the book of Daniel, gets uh, thrown into the wild because he uh, just has pride in himself and doesn't submit to God. And so, and, but the dream is about, you know, God is reigning over history and is pointing history towards. And the reason why um, everything falls is because Jesus is king. And so, but yeah, I'll let you continue. Well, it's, it's a, it's interesting to note that, uh, I mean, one of the fun facts in American history is that that Christians are overrepresented in in government right now. Okay. You know, yeah. Whether it's Catholics or Protestants, there are more there are more people in the House of Representatives and, and Senate that consider themselves Catholic or consider themselves to be Protestant than in the population at whole, mm. as a whole. And yeah. um, most of the most of the time um, throughout our history. Uh, the two groups that have been incredibly well representative are Presbyterians and Episcopalians, although yeah, yeah. there have been plenty of Methodists that have been involved as well. And um, when you when you look at like the lists of Methodists that have been involved in government, it's like mind boggling how how Methodists can produce um, a George W. Bush and uh, Dick Cheney and a Hillary Clinton. Uh, yeah. Joycelyn Elders, the uh, Secretary of, of uh, Education for, for Bill Clinton, uh, and then Jeff Sessions, the yeah. the former Attorney General. So so uh, Presbyterians and Episcopalians have, have been well represented, but mm -hmm. Methodists are, are not underrepresented. Uh, yeah. Methodists have, have certainly played a part in in what's uh, what's happened in uh, government, especially in the last hundred, 
120 yeah. years. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we're about 1248. So um, I know you have a few more thoughts, but so what um, I want to ask, so, so what really does this mean for us today? What does Paul's thoughts mean for us today? He says, pay taxes. Man, I don't like that. I don't want to pay taxes. Um, <laughs> I pay quarterly, so it's a pretty big check. If you if you owe revenue, revenue. If you honor, then honor. Respect, then respect. So how, how does this affect us? Uh, do we really have to do this even when we don't like our government? Uh, and how do we proceed um, when we feel like... Yeah, we'll start with that. What does this mean for us today? Well... It do, here's what it does not mean. It does not mean that all government is good government. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Think about the Chinese massacre at Tiananmen Square. Mm -hmm. uh, think about the utter devastation that Genghis Khan left in his wake building the largest empire in history. Yeah. Um, think about Mussolini with 400,000 corpses uh, to his legacy. Um, Joseph Stalin... 20 million in 1989 was was uh, the number of people thought to to have been killed by yeah. Stalin and his reign so so the the idea that these are good guys yeah that were put there by god to do these things um is is an idea that that i think we need to abandon it's too simplistic mm -hmm. yeah um absolutely but we also need to to embrace this idea that we would rather live in a world that is governed, uh, in a world that has order. Mm -hmm. And living in a world that is governed and that has order means that we submit to the authorities in lawful ways. Yeah. Um, and if called upon to do something that is absolutely antithetical to to our consciences uh that's when we back off mm -hmm. and we say no wait a minute yeah um but most of the time christians are not only free to but are encouraged to by the apostle paul to yeah. um live as good citizens in the world recognizing that it is a better thing to live in a world that is orderly than one that yeah, is. absolutely. And I think we can just remind ourselves, uh, Paul talks about respect, respecting governing authorities. You can you can do that with still disagree with people. You can still respect that person as a person or, or even the government as a whole. And just kindness and assuming the best in others. I think one of the reasons why there is so much hate and, and divisiveness right now is because people assume the other side is like this horrible you know, wretched thing that's out to get everyone. But we as Christians, I think we're called to assume the best. What if we assume, well, maybe that person is trying to do the best or, or their thoughts are different than mine, but, you know, they, they still are trying to do their best. And then remember to humanize the other person, whether it's uh, the president, whether it's uh, whatever office they hold or whether it's the other uh, political party, uh, those people are people and so often why it's easy to hate the other is because we dehumanize them and make them out to be um the enemy and i think we as christians are called to to a higher standard than that completely um 
one of my responsibilities is to love my neighbor as myself. And so if I love you as I would like to be loved, um, you know, I want to think the best about your motivations. Yeah. I want to think the best about, um, about what, what you want for yourself and for the world. I don't want, you know, I don't want you to automatically think, um, I am wretched and vile and wicked. And uh, therefore for me to approach you as though you were wretched and vile and wicked, um, would absolutely be transgressing that commandment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so, so that's important. Um, so how do we proceed when we feel like a law is unjust or when we have to have conscious to break a law, when we have the faith or the conscious that tells us we should break the law? Uh, I think the 20th century examples of that would be Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Gandhi. Yeah. Um, I think there are other ways that people do that, but yeah, but kind of the nonviolent uh, – protest that that ends up being a prophetic Mm -hmm. word into the world yeah and both were also willing to go to jail Mm -hmm. but through nonviolent means absolutely not taking up violence Uh, neither of them were willing to do that Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's it that's a huge important part although i also will say um for example during the civil war i think um taking up violence in the civil war was the right thing to do um, although that's a kind of a different, huge topic that we're uh, and, not and talking we're, about World today. War II is, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, if yeah. everyone could argue for a just war, World War II was, yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so that's, that's a, for another, yeah, so, episode. Um, yeah, lots of thoughts, uh, governing authorities, and hopefully that helps you as you process, uh, today's and this, this, um, times event in our politics and uh, how Christians should uh, respect, honor, and care for other people in general, but especially the governing authorities as well and what Paul says in Romans 13. So that wraps us up for that discussion. Um, If you have thoughts or questions or ideas, we'd love to talk with you about this and have conversation. That's the one thing about the podcast is we can't super interact with you all a lot, but we'd love to to talk more. So give us a call or message us or whatnot. We'd love to hear your your thoughts or your feedback. we want to invite you all to get more involved um, at the things in, happening at the church. And so Wednesday night, the 20th, so not tomorrow, but in a week, we're starting our, our Bible study up on Wednesday night again. And that's going to be exciting and fun. Is that going to be at 6 o'clock, I think? It's the 630. 630. 630. 630. Yes. Okay. 630. Okay, same time it was before. There you go. <laughs> so we'll do 630 on the 20th. We're excited about getting that back going. Um worships on Sunday morning. So we are worshiping in person and we are doing our best to stream online simultaneously. Now this past week, uh, you have to catch it by recording because our internet was down. So we got to record and yeah. then upload, but yes, worship at nine and eleven fifteen. Yeah. And then uh, season two of our podcast continues next week at uh, 12, 15, 12, 20. You can tune in. Uh, we're excited about that episode two. And right now we are excited because we're going to close the episode and go get lunch. But Chris is going to send us out with a blessing. If I can pull up my music again. Let me pull it up. Oh. 
Do you want a mission, Ash Wednesday? Ash Wednesday is February 17th, and we will be observing Ash Wednesday. We will have, unless for some reason we are shut down again, we will have an Ash Wednesday worship service in person. But we're also going to have ashes that you'll be able to pick up a couple of days beforehand if uh, you want to watch us in uh, on online and participate in your own ashing uh at the appropriate time that sounds pretty cool yeah that's a great idea okay i'm gonna send this out you give us a blessing sound good yep all right dear friends may god be with you in these days may the lord bless you with his love may the lord keep you in his grace May the Lord make his face shine upon you as the Holy Spirit fills your life and helps you to go into the world as good citizens, as loving people. Go in peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.